Hi, this is Chris Marchand of Between the Songs Podcast. I'm here with Joe Cook to tell you about another podcast we've created, and we hope, if you've enjoyed Between the Songs, that you'll enjoy this one, too. It's called Nostalgic Future Podcast, and that's what it's all about. Chris and I dive deep into our nostalgia, all the pop culture stuff that we grew up with, and we examine how it's influenced our lives and how that continues today and into the future. So join us for fun discussions about some of our favorite movies, television shows, music, books. Really, nothing is off limits. We even have special guests on from time to time to talk about some of their nostalgic obsessions. Check out Nostalgic Future Podcast, available now on all the big podcasting apps. And you can also follow us on social media. It's Nostalgic Future Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And we're at Past Future Pod on Twitter. Nostalgic Future Podcast, where the past is the only way forward. For me to come back to Window Rock is like coming back to a place where God transformed me. And there are certain places in my life, and I think we all have these, where significant events happen that shape you and that God uses to shape who you are. Window Rock and that surrounding area of the Navajo Nation and the Zuni and the Hopi Nation God used that area to transform me and to shape who I am with the experiences that I had living there and, and being a part of that community just for the short while that I was. So, man, yeah, coming back, it's a place for me of where I was changed. It's also a place for me where I, I find a deep connection with God and with Christ and the beauty of the Southwest, man, the mesas, and, man, there's nothing like it. everyone welcome to the between the songs podcast this is another bonus episode my name is chris marchand uh, with me is joe cook and this is our rich mullins between the song podcast the podcast is us going through every single one of rich mullins albums uh, an in-depth look at his albums however We've had some great opportunities come our way, and today we're able to offer you another bonus episode. Today is an interview with Eric Hauck, who was in Rich Mullins's uh, Ragamuffin Band um, towards the end of Mullins's life, and was also, uh, in, 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 we get into this, actually Joe gets into it, uh, but he was also uh, one of the members of the Kid Brothers of St. Frank, and uh, we kind of get to, get to hear what that actually was in this interview. But, but Joe, uh, tell me, uh, how did this opportunity come about? Okay, so this episode's a little bit different in that uh, I know a lot of people know that the Window Rock Tribute Concert is happening uh, this month. In fact, we're less than a week away from the uh, Rich Mullins 20-year tribute uh, at the Window Rock. And so uh, for those who don't know, uh, my day job is I manage three radio stations here on the Navajo Nation. And uh, what we've been doing is obviously we're promoting that concert that's coming up uh, very shortly and so what we're going to do today is we're going to do two things that are a little bit different. Uh, we're going to play two interviews that we taped here for our radio station, KHAC, in Window Rock. The first interview is with you, Chris. I forgot uh, to mention Chris. that. Yes, I was, on, I was on a radio station. I believe that's the first time in my whole life. My first radio interview, and, and Joe, it was with you. So that was quite an honor. <laughs> uh, well, the honor is all mine. And we, but we had a great time earlier this week talking on the air 
a um, little bit about your work on post-consumer reports and kind of how you've been sort of on this journey to rediscover Rich Mullins for the last few years and how that's kind of culminated with this podcast. We also talk a bit about the Window Rock Tribute Concert, which you're going to be a part of. Yep. Uh, then after that, we're going to bring you an interview that I taped uh, just a couple days ago with Eric Houck. Uh, came on for almost an hour with me and uh, talked about uh, kind of his excitement for coming out to the event. He's going to be one of the artists performing. But also kind of gave me the history of how he got to know Rich Mullins. And uh, like you mentioned, uh, explained exactly what the Kid Brothers of St. Frank was. I know a lot of people have heard of that but maybe don't have a full, real understanding of exactly, you know, what that was. Yeah, I, so I, that was kind of fascinating to hear that part of it. Uh, I, I think for me, because, I, you know, I know a little bit about monastic living, about, uh, you know, taking holy orders. Um, and it's kind of funny to hear, go, you know, like uh, Mullins kind of like uh, putting these rules on these young guys that were following him around. So it's kinda, it was kind of interesting to hear some of that. I think I could, I could talk with Eric about that particular subject for like an hour just alone. Like I want to hear, hear all the weird rules that Mullins like put on their lives. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we'll have that coming up in a few. But uh, first we want to talk a little bit about how people can help out with the, uh, the tribute concert. Yes. So one of the things that I think is really important for people to know is Joe came up with this idea to put on the tribute concert, uh, and he started thinking, who, who can we invite out? And, you know, him and I started brainstorming. I, I would just say, Joe, it's most, it was mostly on you. You came up with all the ideas. But it is your, uh, it is your service. It is your gift to your community, but also to, to all Rich Mullins fans. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard your radio spot. You, you keep saying it's free to the public, and you really mean that. It's, a, it's an event that you are putting on as a, as a gift uh, to your community, uh, but you do need funding, and so what you've done is you set up a GoFundMe page, um, and also there is a, a, a website, a page on our own website on betweenthesongspodcast.com where it shows how you can give. Uh, Joe, what do you want to say about like ways that people can give to this event to help fund it? Well, yeah, they obviously one they can send a donation to our radio station here uh, at Western India Ministries. Uh, in uh, Window Rock, you can write a, a check and send it to P.O. Box 9090, Window Rock, Arizona, 86515. Uh, you can call Monday through Friday uh, during business hours, which is uh, pretty much your, you know, your 9 to 5 business hours, uh, and make a donation over the phone. Uh, our phone number is 505-371-5587. That's for the radio station, 505 371 87. Uh, and then the easiest way probably to give is through uh, the GoFundMe that you and I have set up through the Between the Songs page. And uh, that is just a GoFundMe. And uh, if you go to our uh, Between the Songs podcast.com site, there's a tab on the page that uh, says, I think, support the Window Rock Tribute. Uh, yeah, support the Window Rock Tribute concert. Click on that tab. And then a little bit down there, there's a link that says, please go to our GoFundMe page to donate. Uh, you can also search at GoFundMe just by searching for Rich Mullins' Window Rock Tribute. Uh, as of right now, first off, I want to thank everybody who's donated. We have raised almost $500 now uh, through this GoFundMe, and that's with very little promotion. So thank you to everyone who has given. Uh, we've had a couple people who have given through the ministry as well. So uh, donations mm -hmm. are coming in. Uh, we, we could certainly use uh, more than that. And if that's something that somebody listening right now feels led to do, uh, it, it would be a tremendous help uh, to help us uh, bless 
our community here on the Navajo Nation by uh, by putting on this event. Rich Mullins was a good friend to many people here on, on the during his time on the Navajo Reservation. Uh, I've heard from so many people over the past week who have shared stories with me uh, about uh, how Rich and his music touched them right here on just a local level, getting to know him. Uh, and so uh, I think this is a, a special opportunity to bless people. And so we would love it if you'd partner with us in that. Essentially, we're asking that you become a patron of this event. You know, we Joe has able to, been able to bring on people uh, that... Uh, have either known Mullins or have been greatly influenced by him. And so help us. Help us become a uh, become a patron of this event and help Joe put it on. Now, Joe, there's uh, one thing that you need to mention. I, well, first of all, let me say this. I'm gearing up to come out on the trip. Um, and so I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what is my playlist going to be as I'm coming out? Um, now, I should say this. I'll let everyone in on a little secret, a secret that you may not even want to know, but I'm going to be flying out to, uh, to uh, New Mexico with Andrew Montanera. So him and I, I think, we're going to be sitting next to each other on the plane. So I don't know, is it going to be like uh, 24 hours of just talking about Rich Mullins, like all the way with Andrew? I'm not exactly sure what our conversation is going to be, uh, but, but him and I are flying out and then we're driving out, and so I've been thinking about my playlist. And right now my plan is to bring along Brothers Keeper, to bring along the Canticle of the Plains, and to bring along uh, Mitch McVicker's first solo album with uh, New Mexico on there. I want to I, I wanna feel what Rich Mullins felt when he was writing those songs, because to me, those songs, they sound like the West. Yeah, I'll show you where he read half those songs <laughs> and where he wrote them. Exactly. Uh, you can show me where he wrote them. I, I'll gear up. I'll, I'll try to get in, the, in, get in the mode. Yeah. Where I'm <laughs> sitting right now is literally across the street from where he wrote New Mexico. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's just it is what it is. This is a cool it's a cool thing. It's a cool event for fans who are traveling in, uh, you know, to come be a part of this. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to Mitch McVicker being here because you know Mitch was his his roommate <laughs> living yeah. you know right over yeah. here. And uh, to have Mitch taking part of this uh, and uh, doing some of the songs that they wrote right here in the Window Rock San Benito area, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's going to be a pretty special night. Now. Joe, you, you need to let our listeners in on something. You, you've interviewed me this week. You've interviewed Eric Houck. But come on, you met some way more famous people this week. Who did you meet this week? <laughs> uh, it was Newsboys Mania in Window Rock this week, Chris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Newsboys took Window Rock by storm this week. It was, uh, and it was kind of like that. Um, <laughs> so what happened was... For those who don't know, the Navajo Nation Fair is the single biggest week in the Navajo Nation, I think, uh, all over. But especially in Window Rock, the city shuts down for a week. You know, yesterday morning was the parade. You can't get even in and out of town. Uh, It's huge. Um, Two weeks ago, the fair announced pretty much with no warning, the newsboys are playing on September 7th at the fair. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> That's a pretty big act. That's a pretty big act to just announce like out of nowhere. Like, how do you arrange that? You know? Yeah. Well, it's a whole story, but um, the the uh, vice president of the Navajo Nation's son is a Newsboys fan. Ah. And I mean, really, this is you know you can't make this stuff up. He's a a big Newsboys fan. 
the president's office has really been uh, trying to, the current Navajo administration, really, they've been great at promoting the gospel across the reservation uh, hmm. and supporting biblical-based initiatives. And, uh, you know, I, I've gotten to know the vice president of the Navajo Nation, Jonathan Nez, uh, pretty well over the last uh, couple of years, and he's a very godly man. And uh, they were really instrumental in helping book the newsboys. They had their lawyers working on it. <laughs> well, it happened totally at the last minute. And all of a sudden, the announcement was made uh, with barely a rumbling before. <laughs> and now everybody's going, well, holy cow, the newsboys are coming. Uh, <laughs> tickets aren't on sale yet. We had so many calls here at the radio station <laughs> of people asking about this. And we're scrambling for information to try to find out. <laughs> Um, so all that to say, I, I had a, um, one of those weird days this past Thursday. Um, I, you know, we had reached out to the newsboys management and really didn't hear back. Um, they had, I mean, they did email us back, but they wouldn't confirm anything as far as to try to get an interview with them or, or anything. Uh, the day of the concert came, we were pretty much just thinking, well, we'll go to the concert, but I don't think that, you know, we're going to end up having them on the air. Uh, I get a text message from the director of my mission, uh, Chuck Harper, uh, and I get a text message from him about 1.55 in the afternoon. <laughs> and he texts me and says, come to the Quality Inn Hotel in Window Rock and bring a recorder with you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Nice. Ten minutes before that, apparently, he had gotten a text message from the vice president asking him and his wife to come and have a meal with the, the newsboys. Cool. Well, this is like a totally, you know, behind-the-scenes thing. I get to the Quality Inn. The, no, the newsboys are nowhere to be found. Huh. Uh, you know, it's in, like, it's in a back room. Uh, so we get there, and we just wait. Huh. A little bit later, finally a little while later, Chuck comes out, and he finds us, and he says, um, they're eating right now, <laughs> but I think they're going to want to do an interview with you. Oh, cool. Um, after they finish up, so just hang tight. So we sit there, we wait a while longer. I mean, it's like well over an hour that oh we had sat, you know, kind of in this uh, lobby of the hotel, just you know, waiting, wondering if is this really going to happen? Is this for real? <laughs> so I'm I'm scrambling, some, you know, just to scribble some questions down on a piece of paper because uh, I woke up that morning thinking, you know, this wasn't, this was never going to happen. Uh, so. About a little over an hour later, uh, Chuck's wife, Cindy, comes out, and she waves us over. She's like, hurry up, come here fast. <laughs> so we go in. They bring us in this room in the back where in there are the newsboys, the president and vice president of the Navajo Nation, mm -hmm. and then a few other people that have been invited. Everybody except for the newsboys, the president and the vice president leave. Mm -hmm. And then it's just me, my wife, my son, and the newsboys. Cool. <laughs> And it was it was really great. So um, and they were really awesome guys. Uh, they they gave us probably about fifteen minutes to interview them. First, I interviewed the president uh, Russell Begay, the president of the Navajo Nation, the vice president Jonathan Nez, and then the newsboys. And it was great. We talked about um, you know kind of what they're up to. They gave me a, a little scoop on the fact that they're they're planning a tour next year with Peter Furler and uh, uh, Phil. Phil Joel as well. Ooh. It's called uh, Newsboys United. Really? Now, For real. <laughs> oh, man. Now, now, see, I want to interview 
the Newsboys, Peter Furler and Phil Joel on their album, Love, Liberty, Disco, because that's like one of my favorite albums of all time. And I want to do a, it, 2008 is the 20th anniversary of that album. And I want to do, I want to do some kind of ambitious retrospective because I want to convince the world that that is one of the greatest albums like, like made in the last two decades, but we'll see. <laughs> you have told me before that, that you think that is one of the greatest albums ever made. I am, it is, I am not even remotely joking, but, but nonetheless, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, we talked about that a little bit, what it was like reuniting with uh, Peter Furler for their latest single out right now. Uh, also, uh, we talked a little bit about the Jesus Freak Cruise, which, you know, I know you and I scoffed at, but then ultimately were jealous of. Yes. <laughs> of everybody who got to attend. And, uh, they, you know, I asked I asked the inevitable question that Michael Tate has asked in every single interview. Are they going to, you know, is there going to be a tour? And, uh, you know, he wouldn't answer it. He wouldn't. He, 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 in a, in a very charismatic way, he dodged the question. Good for him. Good for him. They're good at that. Which, you know, they, they know by now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but the cool thing about it is we did talk a little bit about Rich, you know, because for me, I, I was wondering, you know, this is September of 2017. This is 20 years after Rich went home to the Lord. I know Michael Tate obviously knew Rich. He worked with him on Mechanical of the Plains. And uh, I was curious if that had any special meaning for him, you know, being here now at this time in Window Rock. And we had a, a, a very brief but, but cool conversation about that where spontaneously in the middle of the interview, he broke into singing Awesome God. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, Michael Tate, he, he's a, he just has a great voice. Like him and Kevin Max. Just these two classic voices. Again, like asking that question, like what would what would happen if they weren't in the Christian music industry? I mean, how how soulful, how how incredible of a voice does a guy like Michael Tate and Kevin have? I mean, anyway, that's just another these questions that I keep asking myself. So, you know, my wife and I, what we discovered this week is that you know we've become old people uh, <laughs> because uh, you know, in, in having a lot of discussions this week about DC Talk and the Newsboys, and, yeah, you know, just. That typical, well, you know, uh, you know, th their music now is all right, you know, but man, the, the newsboys used to be great. Man, yeah. was Michael Tate awesome when he was with DC Talk, and then we just yeah. like, you know, we just sound old. Yeah, right. Yeah, notice I have I've used a lot of self-control, and I've not made any comments about modern-day contemporary newsboys. I'm just going to leave it at that. It is what there it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Here, okay, now before we get to my interview... Uh, and before you get to Eric Hawk's interview, I do want to say one thing. We should say uh, have a word from our sponsor. Now, Matt Walden, who is the the maker of the St. Rich Beard Oil, who is our sponsor of the Between the Songs podcast, uh, there's two things to update. <clears throat> one is that any proceeds that go to sales from the St. Rich Beard Oil will be given to Adore Ministries. And Adore Ministries is based in Houston, Texas. And so they are making a pledge to use this money to help uh, those affected by, the hur by Hurricane Harvey. So uh, please consider buying St. Rich Beard Oil or just giving to Adore Ministries or finding some kind of ministry uh, that needs help down there in Houston. That's the first thing. Uh, you can check out our, our podcast page uh, for the St. Rich Beard Oil. It's, it's a whole page on our podcast. The second thing is, if you are attending 
the Andrew Peterson, A Liturgy, A Legacy, and a Ragamuffin Band concert, which will be at the Ryman in Nashville on, what is that, the 24th or the 23rd? 24th. It's the Sunday following the Window Rock Tribute. It's the 24th. It's the weekend after the Window Rock Tribute. I have gotten word that St. Rich Beard Oil will be on sale at the Ryman. So, yeah, isn't that something? So if you if you are attending, and who knows, maybe if you get close enough to Andrew Peterson that night, you will smell the fragrance of St. Rich Beard Oil. I can't guarantee that. I'm pretty sure, though, if you get close to Matt Walden, he will smell like St. Rich Beard Oil. I'm just wondering if Matt will be signing bottles for <laughs> Signing bottles, yeah, I have no idea. Maybe, yeah, maybe for an extra fee. Um, <laughs> now, now, it's funny, this week, some, someone posted on Facebook, they were like, Oh, you know, this is great. I got my St. Rich beard oil in the mail, and um, I'm going to give it to my pastor. And, you know, I, I just, I hope it, like, you know, uh, makes makes him uh, a turn-on to his wife. It was just kind of like this uh, slightly strange comment. Oh, that one. You saw that one? It was funny. So I, so some lady got it for her pastor, and I and, I, and Matt Walden was like, oh, I, I never thought about um, uh, the beard oil being a turn-on. And so then my comment was, actually, I thought, like, shouldn't we be afraid that if we use St. Rich Beard Oil, it'll turn us celibate? That, that's what we should be afraid of. You know, it, it's, it's kind of a, it, it'll turn us into a, into a, into a Mullins-like figure. But anyway, that was just, that was my uh, little aside there. Eric Houck's going to get into all those rules later. We will get into the, to the rules later. So uh, there you go. Again, check out uh, St. Rich Beard Oil. Um, I, I hope that you have a great week. And that you do all that you, you can get done, everything you need to get done in this coming week. This is a big week coming up for me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm both dreading and totally looking forward to it at the same time because I know it's going to be a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of craziness. And at the same time, I think uh, come Saturday night, I think a, a lot of people are going to be really blessed by uh, an evening that – I think, you know, it's it's looking back at a life and a legacy uh, of somebody who I know that meant a lot to many of us. But more than that, I think it's going to be a night that really points to the God that he really gave his life to serve. Mm-hmm. And that that's what I'm looking forward to. And, and if, there, if we can, uh, in any small way, uh, pull that off, I think it, it will be a success. Yeah, and uh, I'm not going to say anything right now, but it just seems like there's going to be lots of uh, nice surprises throughout the evening. There's going to be a lot packed into, into it, and it will be a full night. And, and the whole thing, I mean, we, yeah, I, can, I know that you've poured a lot into it, and it's going to be a huge blessing on people. I, I was uh, standing in line for the Newsboys concert uh, the other night, and uh, with me in line was a guy named Dino Butler, who is an, a, a musician out here, hmm. who got to know Rich... Uh, you know, during those couple years that Rich was was living here on the reservation, and uh, you know, some of the stories that he shared with me uh, about uh, Rich's impact on him at at, a, at that particular time in his life. Well, Dino is going to be our MC that night, oh, and, cool. and also going to be sharing some music. And I think people are going to be really, really touched by his stories. Oh, very cool. Well, let's go now. Uh, you have just listened to us talk for for a little while, but but let's go to uh, you and I's interview, and then after that, we'll go to listen to uh, what Eric House has to say. Sounds good to me. This is Chris Marchand's radio debut. <laughs>
Now, we've been talking a lot about this uh, concert that's happening over at the Window Rock on Saturday, September 16th where we're going to be paying tribute to the late Rich Mullins. Now, uh, you've probably been wondering, you know, why I'm making such a big deal about this. Well, Rich was kind of a, a hero of mine uh, when I was a teenager, uh, really uh, a big influence on my faith uh, as a young Christian. Right now, I'm going to have on the line with me a friend of mine who I know was also uh, very influenced by Rich uh, back in his teenage years and uh, has kind of been sort of on a journey to kind of rediscover who Rich Mullins was uh, over the past few years. And uh, recently, I've joined him on that journey. Joining me right now is Chris Marchand. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for letting me be here. You got it. Now, you are, I guess, the founder of the Post-Consumer Reports uh, blog slash podcast, and uh, that's kind of how we got to know each other. You were sort of beginning this uh, Rich Mullins rediscovery a few years back. Can you give me a little bit of background on kind of uh, your history with Rich Mullins? I I know you didn't really know him, but I know you met him a couple times. That's right. You know, like a lot of people, you know, you grow up listening to certain music. Uh, you know, I, I had two older brothers. They were older than me. You know, they would listen to Striper and Amy Grant. And uh, somehow, some way, a Rich Mullins CD found uh, its way into their collection. And I started listen to, listening to Mullins. I kind of I kind of grabbed onto that album and kind of made it my own. <clears throat> we're talking back in the, the late 80s. And I was just a kid, and I would prance around the house listening to Rich Mullins music. And, uh, <laughs> you know... I, he was just a huge influence on my life. Uh, when I got to the point where I started buying my own uh, cassettes and CDs, his music was some of the first stuff I bought. Billy Joel and then uh, in, uh, Rich Mullins. <laughs> Billy Joel, which Billy Joel albums? It was River of Dreams. It was when it, when it first came out. I remember buying the cassette. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that was uh, that was around the time I became a Billy Joel fan. That was his last album too, which is hard to believe. That is a little hard to believe. Yeah, well, come on, Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, now, I mentioned you uh, you started the Post-Consumer Reports uh, blog and podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell my audience a little bit about Post-Consumer Reports and what, what you kind of report on. Well, yeah, it, it's a bit of a joke in a way. It, it's kind of a, it's a playoff of the, the Consumer Reports uh, magazine that, you know, will we'll look at different uh, re- refrigerator brands and tell you which one is the most... Uh, Econ- um, you know, efficient. <laughs> so it's a bit of a play off of that. But really, my, my blog is about a convergence of art and faith. And so I'm trying to figure out how can Christians uh, make good art um, that honors God. And it's kind of, I continue to explore that. I, I, I focus a lot on worship music uh, and Christian art and, and even like the Christian music industry. But over time, what ended up happening is I just continued to write a bunch of uh, articles about Rich Mullins. Some of them are reflections. Some of them are, you know, actually more an, an analysis of some of his work. And uh, it's just been strange. Over time, I've I've found my way into, you know, like w- when the Rich Mullins movie came out. I think that was 2014. I could be wrong, but I I, I kept I wanted to try to make that happen. It was, you know, uh, some of the the listeners might know it was called Ragamuffin. It was directed by David Leo Schultz and. I, I tried to get it to come to my city, which is Peoria, Illinois, and so in the midst of that, I, you know, I, I, I lined up an interview with with the director of that movie, and I guess just through various ways, I just I just kept writing about him, and I got in contact with you, Joe, and, and you know, we just just making connections with people. I think what that's what's interesting about it is finding other people whose lives have been deeply impacted by Rich Mullins' music, and not only his music, but his his teaching or his writings as well. They just they, they just impact. Uh, to, they go to a very very um, uh, emotional and even intellectual level to our lives. You know, uh, you mentioned contacting me, which you know, are, it, 
somebody listening right now might wonder, well, why would he contact Joe about Rich Mullins? And uh, so, and I don't talk about it much on the radio here. So I guess I will just fill people in a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, Rich was a huge influence on me early on in my faith, and that's a, a big part of the reason why my family and I ended up coming out and serving on the Navajo Reservation was because of Rich's service here. Um, I remember uh, seeing, I think it was the Homeless Man uh, documentary movie back in the late 90s, and that being really my introduction to Navajo missions. And so, uh, one, Rich was a huge influence on me. Uh, two, um, if anybody listening is a fan of Rich Mullins and they've ever went on YouTube and watched a Rich Mullins video, well, there's a really good chance that you watched that or listened to that on my YouTube channel. I have a, a, a Rich Mullins YouTube channel called Ragamuffin Archive that's been out there for about seven years now. And, uh, you know, and that was a very long story of how that came to be, but basically somebody just sent me boxes and boxes of rare Rich Mullins concerts and interviews, and I ended up putting them on YouTube. Um, that is how you reached out to me probably four years ago, maybe now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so last summer, you invited me out. We, I actually went to your home in Peoria, Illinois, and I was a guest on your podcast, which was a great fun. And uh, <laughs> through that, um, and getting to know you more and becoming friends with you, we have started something in the last few months uh, that is kind of a, I guess it's a spinoff podcast of your post-consumer reports called Between the Songs. And I'll let you tell people what that's all about. Yeah, so I, I do have my own podcast of the Post-Consumer Reports podcast. And essentially, it's, a, it's an interview podcast. And I will, in a, in a way, I'll interview anybody that I find interesting. But I've, I've tended to interview... Uh, some pastors or people that write on worship, but I also interview a lot of local artists. So I'm just kind of, I'm just interested in, in, again, the convergence of art and faith. But so for you and I, we really decided to narrow the focus. And, and so a lot of people do that with, with podcasts or even radio shows. It's like you have one particular focus. And so what we're doing is episode by episode, we are working through every single one of Rich Mullins' albums, and we're going to do an in-depth look at each one of his studio albums, and we're really only just beginning. Uh, recently, our, our most recent episode was about his first independent album when he was uh, he wasn't he hadn't quite made it to Nashville yet, and it was his uh, with his band Zion. It's called Behold the Man, and so we just we just we uh, we interviewed Beth Snow Lutz, one of his band members, and we got a kind of a an inside look at his early years in, um, when he was in college and trying to make it into the music industry. And we, we get to hear the story of how Amy Grant heard uh, Sing Your Praise to the Lord. And uh, so, you know, our hope is that over the next year we'll be able to go through his albums. And, you, you know, for, for the Rich Mullins fan, you'll get to hear, like, a little bit of the, the backstory of how his first albums came to be. And, of course, we'll, we'll work our way up to his most his most, uh, um, you know, famous albums, which is the Liturgy and the Legacy Ragamuffin Band, and on, on up till his passing in 97. Hey, you know, one of the interesting things about this kind of project, uh, and it's been a lot of fun to go revisit this music with you. I know um, our listeners probably know I, I play uh, a decent amount of Rich Mullins music on this radio program, but, you know, one of the things that we talked about um, when we were kind of brainstorming what to do with this is, you know, I don't listen to Rich uh, all that often at home anymore. And I know that was kind of the same for you. You know, there'd kind of been this period where we had sort of put those records away and sort of moved 
on a little bit. And so uh, getting to revisit these albums and kind of dissect them a little bit more and get to talk to some of the people who helped make them, I know it's been uh, a really great experience for me. What's it been like for you to kind of re- you know revisit him uh, maybe at a deeper level? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, when we interviewed Bethnal Lutz, like, it, it's, for me, it's, it's unpacking a part of his life that we didn't fully understand. And, again, as we start to talk to people that were in his life, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly reminded of, okay, he was just a person, um, and he had a lot of hang-ups, and he wasn't perfect. And, and uh, you know, sometimes he, he alienated people. As much as his art inspired others and as much as he inspired people to follow after God, uh, sometimes, you know, just, just like you and I, you know, we, we leave hurt and we leave, uh, you know, not, not everything is perfect in our lives. I, I think, you know, I'm part of kind of like, this weird uh, online community of people that listen to uh, that, that we talk about Rich Mullins on Facebook, uh, these Facebook groups. And sometimes, sometimes the language there gets a little, makes me a little uncomfortable because uh, Mullins is, is held up as a saint. And as, as much as I want to do that, and I think there's a good part of that, which is that if we're talking about how Mullins points us to God, then we're, we're in a good, we're in a good zone there. It's a healthy zone. But if we start to get into the realm of uh, a, a, a strange uh, halo starts to form around his, hit the back of his head, where and now all of a sudden he has become a saint lifted up on high, then I start to get uncomfortable. Uh, so anyway, for me, it's, it's been good to be reminded that as, as I, I kind of have to hold it all t- there together. It's not just one thing or the other. It's not that, oh, yeah, he was a sinner like me. It's not, oh, that, yeah, he was a saint. That was perfect. I kind of hold it all there together. At the end of the day, though, like I just enjoy getting back to the music, and uh, I, I still feel like I'm unpacking his his poetry and unpacking his words and the songs, and even like his early his early albums are still deep. Like there's some deep lyrics there. And yeah, so, yeah. Even, I, I just I enjoy that. Even even if the music has a little bit of a generic '80s feel to it, which is not always a bad thing either. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, uh, one of the things that through this, and, and we haven't even done an episode on his first solo album yet. But going back and lis- re-listening to that album it was the first time I'd listened to that album in years. Um, the the lyrics absolutely blew me away. Uh, I had sort of had this, you know, kind of. I guess distaste for that record, um, you know, and didn't play it all that much, you know, even when I was a really big fan of his when I was younger, just because it just sounded so dated, and I guess I sort of disregarded it. Going back now and and relooking at those songs, uh, man, the lyrics are just incredible. Yeah, I, I tell you what, what will blow you away is if you start comparing it with scripture and. One of the things that Mullins, I think, is I've just never even seen anybody else do it. Maybe Michael Card, I'm thinking, but the way that he incorporates Scripture into his own poetry. So so he doesn't change Scripture, but he, he basically reframes Scripture in a way that it makes sense for his own songs. I mean, it, it's, it's a really fine line. I mean, you can do that in a way that comes over too preachy, or it just kind of becomes uh, a little cheesy in, in, in its approach. But Mullins didn't in a way that it just felt authentic, and it was... Uh, I don't know. There, there's just there's something about the way that he he did that. He, so even in that, as, on that first album, you know, as much there. as much as I love him, Keith Green did it, and it could come across very preachy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I love Keith Green. I do too. But um, but, but yeah, his his music could be kind of preachy. That's right. And and actually, I think what we're finding out is that you know, going back with some of his, Rich Mullins' early music, it could be very preachy too. <laughs> 
That's true. That's true. Yeah, a, a few songs each record. They would be the preaching songs. Yeah, yeah. It don't do with one of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like a good place to take a break right now. We're gonna play some uh, Rich Mullins music, and then we'll be back with more with my friend Chris Marchand in just a few minutes. But here's one of Rich's earlier preachier songs. Uh, it don't do on the Western Indian Network. From his album, Pictures in the Sky, that was Rich Mullins and It Don't Do. And we're talking with Chris Marchand of the Post-Consumer Reports blog and podcast and also my co-host on the uh, Rich Mullins Between the Songs podcast. Well, man, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is obviously we are uh, coming up on uh, the Rich Mullins Window Rock 20-year tribute concert that's happening on Saturday, September 16th. And uh, you're going to be out here uh, joining us for that event, and I'm really excited uh, not only just to get to see you, but to get to have you take part in that event. And I just wanted to tell the audience a little bit about what we're going to be doing that night. Yeah, I would say, I mean, there's a lot that's going on. And, Joe, you'll have to fill in some of the blanks about what the concert looks like. But I do know that before the concert begins, we will be filming a live uh, podcast uh, interview. It'll be kind of like a panel discussion. I believe that David Mullins will be there, so uh, Rich's brother will be there, Mitch McVicker, Eric Houck will be there. Uh, will Andrew Osengo be there for that part as well? Um, Andrew will be here that day. I, I believe he's going to be joining us for the q and I've got to confirm that with him, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of the things, you know, it's, it's special enough to have a concert, but we're excited to be able to bring a, a live discussion where we can ask David Mullins some, some questions that, has kind of been burning burning on our minds uh, for a while now, and uh, you know, again, like we, we you you invited some people that were very close to him and spent a lot of time with him, and so I I approach that with with a lot of humility, and I just I want to hear their stories and kind of again we 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 can't take it for granted they've lived twenty years, and so they have their own stories to tell, and and I'm I'm you know I I don't I don't want them to necessarily have to. Uh, you know, give in to our our fandom of Rich Mullins. Instead, I want to hear, let them talk and tell their own stories and hear where they're at. So that's that part. I mean, what what do you want to say about the concert? Well, you know, but I think even to expand on that just uh, for a moment, uh, you know, to yeah. I guess the thing about this that we've got to remember is that for you and I, Chris, this is a a great opportunity to celebrate the music and life of somebody who was very influential to us. But for David Mullins, this is this is twenty years since he lost his brother. 
Um, you know, mm-hmm. for Eric Houck mm-hmm. and Mitch McVicker, 20 years ago, they, they lost a really close friend. Um, I'm, I have no doubt that, that this means something different to them than it means to us. And so I agree with you. We want to be yeah. um, really, really respectful of, of that and really give them an opportunity to share you know, what this means to them. Being in Window Rock, you know, almost 20 years to the day after Rich went home to the Lord, um, you know, I, I, I'm i really curious, you know, to know what that what that's going to feel like for Mitch McVicker. I mean, Mitch lived here in Window Rock with Rich. Uh, they, they wrote My Deliverer across the street from where I'm sitting right now. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, their connection to this is, is a whole different level than anything you and I could possibly have. Yeah. And I would say this as a, as a Mullins fan, uh, I never even considered that I would come out and visit Window Rock. I, it just wasn't even on my radar. It's, it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, yeah, that's, I'll never actually get to go there. And so for me, I, I, you know, I grow up, I'm in the middle of Illinois. It's farmland. It's, it's a river. Uh, um, I, I don't really fully understand the culture or even the landscape of, of Arizona and New Mexico. So that's, for me, it's like um, it, it's a bit of a pilgrimage. I'm, I'm going to a place where Mullen spent a lot of time. He tried building his life out there. And, uh, you know, so I'm, it, it's, it's a strange thing for a Mullins fan as well. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward uh, to that aspect of it as well. As for the concert itself, well, it's just going to be a great night. Yep. It, it's going to be a great night of music. Uh, we have got, uh, obviously, we've mentioned that um, Mitch McVicker is going to be performing. Andrew Osenga, who uh, it was the uh, founding member of the band The Normals back in the 90s. He was with Cademan's Call for several years. And, uh, of course, just a really prolific and uh, just fantastic solo artist in his own right. He's going to be performing. I know that. And, and the cool thing about Andrew Osanga coming is that he sort of connects more with you and I, Chris, because uh, when I was talking to him about doing this, he said, man, those people, those guys, they all, man, they loved him. They knew him. He's like, I was just a fan. And I said, you know what, man? Mm-hmm. I was just a fan. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong, you know, with just being a fan and being influenced by somebody. And <laughs> so I think that that, you know, I'm really excited that people are going to get to hear Andrew Osenga live because I think that, you know, he's kind of from that, what I, I like to call it the graduating class that kind of came right after Mullins. And, uh, is, That's right. And he's just, you know, he's one of the best out there today. And I'm, I'm excited for our community here to get to see him. Uh, in concert, and uh, to have him here paying tribute to Rich. What a blast. Uh, we've got uh, a couple yeah. Navajo artists who are going to be joining us. Um, we've got the uh, Navajo Ambassador Choir is going to be doing some hymns. They're going to be joining us for a finale with some Rich songs. The uh, uh, Let me see. We've got uh, a friend of mine, uh, Chad Meekoff from down in Zuni. He was like 10 years old, and Rich used to come and minister at his church down in Zuni. And, uh, you know, he knew Rich as a kid and uh, was hugely impacted, um, not only musically, but just in his faith by Rich as, as a child. Uh, he's going to be joining us to perform some music. Dino Butler is uh, going to be doing some music. Um, I know some of our listeners will be familiar with Dino, um, great musician in this area, and he's going to be helping us out by emceeing. It's just going to be a great night, and I'm really excited for people to come on out to this thing. It is totally totally free um just come on out uh have a great time i I do want to thank real quick too um i need to thank daniel cleveland who i know many of our listeners will be familiar with daniel cleveland as well and he is providing the uh, stage and the um chairs for the event which is a huge need that was uh, a big blessing to us so thank you daniel 
Hey, Chris, man, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to, to get to see you in uh, less than two weeks now. I can't believe it's coming up fast. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I'm Honestly, I'm really looking forward to, to being out there and spending some time with you all. Hey, and uh, just a reminder, uh, you can check out Chris online. It's uh, postconsumerreports.com. I'm correct, right? That's right. Yep. And you can check out our podcast at betweenthesongspodcast.com. And uh, tell us what you think. Send us, right. send us an email. I think it's, uh, I, I'm trying to remember all these things. It's betweenthesongsinfo at gmail.com. I think that's right. <laughs> hey, Chris, thanks so much, man. Joining me on the phone right now is a, a former bandmate of the late Rich Mullins. He was one of Rich's kid brothers of St. Frank, and uh, he's going to be taking part in our 20-year tribute concert happening on uh, Saturday, September 16th. Joining me on the phone is Eric Houck. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Joe? Doing good. Hey, so, um, man, we're really excited to uh, have you out here for this event, um, and I want to get into that. But first, give me a little bit of history. Like, you know, how did you... How did you meet Rich? How did you guys get connected? Is it is it true you met him at a gas station? <laughs> that is, uh, yes, absolutely true, man. It's uh, it's crazy. My my journey of meeting Rich is one of those examples of of God putting peace people and pieces into place outside of my knowledge or understanding uh, at all. And so, um, yep, we, I was traveling around the country with a buddy of mine. His name's Alex Dirksen and. Uh, and he and I hit every state in the lower 48, and while we were traveling, um, we ended up uh, meeting Rich at a gas station in Gallup. Of course, there's tons more details on that, but that's the gist of it. And the cool thing is that Alex is going to be out there too, man. He's he's going to head out there from Cincinnati, Ohio, and, and meet us at this event next week too, which will be awesome because he was there the day that I met Rich. So that's really cool that he'll be there. Oh, that's great, man. What what was your kind of background before that? I know you you must have had a musical background, but I mean, was that kind of your uh, your plan in life? What was going on at you at that time? Well, so uh, at the time I met Rich, um, I was uh, planning on attending the University of Cincinnati Medical School. I had got accepted to that school. Um, let's see, that was in '96, man. So. Yeah, I was planning on going to med school, and uh, before starting school, we were traveling around the U.S., and so I, I thought that music was something that I had grown up playing and doing, and, and it was a big part of my life, but I figured it would just be that, just a hobby and something that I would do, but not the main thing that I do, you know? And uh, so, no, we were, we were just preparing our you know to get get the traveling bug out of our system before i started med school that fall of 97 um, i guess is when it would have been yeah um and uh so yeah so then when, when we met rich and he uh he invited us to to help him build a navajo hogan that he was working on and he told us he would feed us and give us free food so we decided, man, heck yeah, we'll we'll eat and you know work for for, for food. That's cool because we had you know no money and we're just traveling around. So uh, during that week of working construction with Rich and you know getting splinters and hitting my thumb with the hammer and all that stuff <laughs> is when 
uh, Rich found out that I played cello, and um, then he invited me to tour with the band and join his group. And uh, and it was something that I had never even considered. So I, at first, I told him no because I was like, "Man, I'm still I still got like uh, 15 states left to visit. Man, we got to finish our trip." And you know, I didn't know who he was really at the time. I wasn't you know I wasn't aware of his singing or music or anything. Um, so uh, we, my buddy and I finished our travels, and then I, as we left and prayed and continued to ask God, you know, what do you want us to do? What's our, what's our path? And I really, I felt God very clearly putting on, in, on my heart that it was, uh, it was right for me to step away from med school and uh, enter into this touring life with Rich. Um, much to my, you know, father's chagrin, saying, son, what are you doing, you nuts? <laughs> well, it's a long way from uh, medical school to uh, basically. I mean, you you look at Rich; it's it's kind of like the one of the world's most famous starving artists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. I know it. It was stupid, right? But, uh, but you know what I've come to find out in my in my life is that um, so often, as you look through the scriptures and and in the stories of people throughout history who have tried to follow Jesus. Uh, so oftentimes it's the stupidest things that actually are the things that he's calling us to do. Um, and now that doesn't mean you don't ask for wisdom and you make sure you pray about stuff, but, you know, the things that seem foolish or ridiculous oftentimes are the promptings of the Holy Spirit that actually end up being a part of his greater plan than we could ever imagine. And so we have to let, let ourselves let go of what makes sense sometimes in order to see what God can do more than our human uh, imagination, you know, and uh, that was definitely what was uh, what was happening in me at the time. God was blowing up my understanding of what life was about and used Rich to change my life, uh, man, for forever. Hey, man, so tell me a little bit about, like, you know, for, especially for people listening who, who have no idea what we're talking about, what was the Kid Brothers of St. Frank? <laughs> I love that. Um... You're assuming that I know what I'm talking about when you ask me those questions. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the Kid Brothers of St. Frank, it, it, it was a group of, there's five of us that were part of that group, and that was the summer of 96 when uh, Rich was touring that, that year, and he um, invited me and four other guys to travel with him who we were all, like, either in college or just out of college, and... Um, we were so we were all pretty much just young men, um, and we loved music, and we were seeking to also follow God. And Rich invited us to to join him on the road, and so we there was let's see, it was um, me and Mitch McVicker, Michael Ockerfer, Keith Bordeaux, and um, Matthew Johnson, um, Matt Johnson, who was Rich's cousin, and uh, we. The five of us were a bunch of young bucks, and uh, Rich asked us to, to be his band, but he, he wanted it to be more than just music. He wanted us to be a community, and so he, it was awesome because he actually, we took like a, uh, a number of different like retreats, and we went to a, a retreat and met with um, Brendan Manning and um, like sat and talked about what, what is our journey of faith and what does it mean to follow God. And then Rich was really um, instrumental in in focusing on the life 
and the mission of St. Francis of Assisi. And uh, so as he understood St. Francis, obviously, who was the Catholic saint and um, uh, a leader in the Franciscan order, um, Rich was, he really wanted to live out the Franciscan spirituality. And so we, we also took a, a three-day retreat in Nashville, um, and the whole purpose was to um, dive into what are the core values and the, the, what's the belief of St. Francis and his vows that he took um, in the Franciscan order of chastity and poverty and obedience and what, what those mean, what's behind that, how does that um, help us in our faith and all that stuff. And so what, what he did is it was sort of like a loose band of brothers that he wanted us to, to seek to follow God with, with Franciscan um, spirituality and yet um, kind of without the the actual um, Catholic, uh, you know, the name Catholic, if we're, you got to be Catholic to be Franciscan, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it was, he, he wanted to do that outside of a denominational title, so to speak. So it was, we were the kid, he called us the kid brothers of St. Frank. So St. Frank, obviously, Francis. And uh, the whole thing is we met as daily. We would meet for devotions and prayer and, uh, and then we would take retreats every once in a while and, and just have time to really focus together and then individually on our relationship with Jesus and what it meant to live with a love that is pure and chaste and to live in obedience to Jesus and His Word and to each other and then to live in simplicity in the poverty of spirit, knowing that we need Jesus every moment. And uh, so that's the gist of it, man. It was, it was great, except it was also horrible because Rich... We would get up, and no matter when we left, Rich would want us to meet 30 minutes before departure in the morning uh, when we were getting ready to leave for our next show and sit and have devotions, right? So some days, man, we had these long drives, and, you know, we'd have to get up (laughs) at 5, and we're all stumbling out of our beds, and we're just like, ugh. And, you know, so Rich is reading Scripture, and... Or, you know, we would, we take turns reading and then um, praying together. And uh, so while it was beautiful, it was also in the, mi- in the middle of it. I was like, oh, my goodness, come on, dude, can't we do this later? You know what I mean? <laughs> so this is like after playing a show the night before, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, dude. I mean, and, and part of Rich's, you know, uh, mission of living simply and, and living with simplicity and, and uh, you know, following the vows of, of poverty was that um, you let go of some of the extra things that that we tend in our in our American lives to confuse wants with needs, you know? And so he challenged that when you say, man, I really need this. Well, is that truly a need or is it just something that you've grown so accustomed to? It's just a want, but now you think you're entitled to it because you're at a certain place in life, you know? And so while most musicians are like, man, I need a tour bus and I need a crew to set up for me and stuff, Rich is like, well, actually, you know, we're going to do that ourselves. So we would get up and drive and then get to the shows. We'd set up, then we'd sound check, then we would have an hour to relax, and then we would, sometimes an hour, sometimes not if there was technical problems, then we'd have dinner and then the show, and then we'd tear down and load the truck and go to the hotel you know, so we're in bed by midnight, maybe, 
you know, and then we're up the next morning, depending on how far away the next show is. And sometimes they're five, six, eight hours, you know? And yeah. so we would take turns driving and stuff, but, uh, yeah. So part of the simplicity was, man, we're doing all the work ourselves. And, uh, it was, it was exhausting. Um, but there was something beautiful about it too. You know, all of us knew that we're, we weren't really, um, as I don't know, we weren't above doing the tasks of setting up and tearing down, you know, we're, we're a team. And, um, so yeah. anyway, so yeah, so we would be wiped out, right. You know, <laughs> uh, and then we'd get in the van after devotions and everybody, but the driver would sleep until it was their turn to drive. <laughs> but that that's kind of the gist of the of how it was with with the kid brothers. Uh you know that reminds me Ashley Cleveland tells a story about how when she was touring with Rich on the uh, Brothers Keeper tour she had, I think she said she had her only panic attack of her life on the road with Rich and uh <laughs> Uh, said that she asked Rich to hire a, a guitar technician for her, and he hired a guy that didn't know how to tune a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, that's funny. Well, you know what we're going to do right now? We're going to take a break and play a song, but first I wanted to ask you about this song, because for Rich fans who know uh, of you, Eric, probably you're probably most associated with the song Madeline's Song, um, which... I think on the last tour that Rich did, uh, you guys kind of sang that. It was kind of a duet um, on that tour. And uh, But what can you tell me about that song, about Madeline and what she meant to Rich? And, and just tell me a little about what that song means to you. Okay. So, um, man, here, here's one of those beautiful things about what God does. I, um, the song Madeline that Rich wrote was all about um, the daughter of the really, really great friends of Rich named Jim and Megan Smith. And they were living in Wichita, and Rich lived with them for two years while he was studying at Friends. And um, the story of Madeline is that she was, when she was um, in the womb and then when she was born, the doctors knew that there were, there were medical problems with Madeline. And Jim and Megan Smith, um, they were told she's not going to survive the birth. And, uh, and yet, through through their journey, Madeline miraculously, I believe it was God's God's work, but she uh, she survived the the birth, and then and Rich used to tell this story more eloquently than I am. But they would you know, he, she wasn't su- supposed to survive more than the, you know the birth, and then more than an hour, more than a day, more than a week, and she kept surpassing the expectations of the doctors and um, Madeline lived to be i think it was two and a half years old and she was um she was deaf and blind and um she was hooked up to like oxygen and stuff and um and yet she could coo and and giggle and um and megan her mom was a fierce warrior for her little girl and and they were at the hospital a lot and but in the midst of that um rich uh, madeline when she was uh when she would lay in her crib or in her car seat or whatever, she would um, like hold her hands together like she would like she looked like she was praying, right? And so Rich believed that in her innocence and in her her childlike uh, existence that she was like uh, a prayer partner for him and that she had a connection to God. So he would whisper his prayers to her, and uh, it was just a really cool way that he saw her and the value that she had as a child of God. 
um, even in her medical problems and, and difficulties. And um, so he wrote a song about Madeline talking about how God and the angels saw Madeline's faith um, in her cries and, and cues and stuff like that. And um, so we used to sing that on the road. And, and at the time, before Rich passed away, um, Madeline was still alive. I mean, she was alive that summer when we would travel. And I remember going over to Jim and Megan's and seeing Madeline. And um, uh, and then after Rich passed away in September 20 years ago, um, then not long after that, Madeline also died. And um, so it's interesting because, you know, they had a connection. And I believe that Madeline is in heaven dancing and singing and um, enjoying the full health of life eternal with Rich, and they get to dance together, you know, and sing. And um, and so here's the other thing that's so beautiful about this is that um, now, 20 years later in my journey of life, God took me on a lot of different twists and turns following Rich's death. But two years ago, I ended up in Wichita serving at a church as the youth pastor, and so I do the high school and middle school youth youth ministry here at this church. It's called Chapel Hill. And I did not know, but that the first day I showed up to uh, to work here at Chapel Hill, um, I wanted to meet with some of the students, and so I get here, and in comes bounding into this, this church, this young girl. Her name is Hope. And she goes, hi, I'm Hope. And, and I had, I recognized her, but I hadn't seen her. I had no idea. She is Madeline's little sister because three years after or two and a half years after Madeline passed away, Jim and Megan had a little girl named Hope. And they named her Hope because God brought them hope, you know, after the difficulties of Madeline. And um, so now, dude, 20 years after Madeline and Rich, here I am serving at a church in Wichita, and Madeline's mom and dad and Madeline's sister uh, who was born after Madeline is in my youth group, and her name's Hope. And uh, um, so it's just a beautiful thing. And even before all of this, my uh, our band touring back in in year in 2000 2001 recorded Madeline's song because Rich had never recorded it on an, on an album. So we went ahead and played it and recorded it, and every once in a while I would sing it um, in concert to you know honor him, to honor Madeline, and to to give people a sense of the hope that we can have even in the midst of utter tragedy you know and that's a lot of what rich really talked about and, and is about you know that in the midst of the tragedy that we face that there is hope um and faith can carry us through that you know and which is what madeline's song is about so there's a long explanation but that's one of the beautiful parts about that song for me and how god's even using it in my life now that, 20 years that, later. That is so beautiful. And, and there are certain things, like when you're telling me that, the only thing I can say to that is that it's just so God. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's all I have to say about that. We're, we're gonna, we'll be back in just a moment right now. Here is uh, Rich Mullins and our guest, Eric Houck, singing Madeline's song. This is a song I wrote for a little girl who wasn't supposed to get born because uh, the doctor said she would never survive the birth. And... She was born, and a couple days later, he said, well, she won't survive the week. She survived the week, and a month later, he said she won't live a year. And now, after about 16 months, she weighs 12 pounds, finally, and I think Madeline prays for us all.
That was Rich Mullins and our guest, Eric Houck, and Madeline's song, a beautiful song. And uh, Eric, I, I wanted to um, ask you about, uh, I guess, a certain period. You were with Rich for, I guess, around a year uh, that you were on the road with him and spent some time out here on the res with him. Uh, you were also with him pretty much up till the end, uh, the last few weeks that he was spending uh, up in Elgin, Illinois, right? Uh, yep. What are some of your memories from those last few weeks with Rich? <laughs> Well, let's see, man. I've got a lot of them. I remember we would walk down the... We were recording an album for for Mitch McVicker, who I know will be out there next week at the... or this week at the concert, the tribute. Um, but, uh, which... So that's awesome that he's coming. But we were recording the album for him, and we would take breaks and walk down to the local bakery and, like, get... There's, like, a Hispanic deli, and we would get Hispanic um, bread, and they had a pinball machine. So me and Michael Ockerfer would, like play pinball i remember loving that that was fun michael's a beast on the pinball he always beat me but uh <laughs> let's see <laughs> i know that's probably not the most important but i remember that was fun um I, I also know that in the uh in the studio where we were recording connected to that studio was an empty abandoned church that had been shut down and they were just using it for storage and w- rich was using that space for us we were practicing for the fall tour because we were leaving to go and begin our fall tour um that was to start in wichita um and while we were practicing also he was recording a demo of his new album that he was going to be recording and he was going to call it the jesus project or the jesus album or something like that and it was um really the 10 songs about the about jesus about the life of jesus and so uh, I remember his uh, producers wanted him or to, like, send in demos and to come in and, and record a demo album or something. And so it was hilarious because Rich got, he just bought this little cassette recorder that, you know, it's just like a handheld cassette recorder. And so he had uh, the guys in our group, you know, whoever was there at the time, you know, he said, here, hold this and push record. So I remember sitting there for a couple of those songs and, like, holding this tape recorder on my lap and hit record while he was playing a song and, you know, singing the demo songs. And um, so it was, it was, I remember how funny it was that, that that's how he wanted to do it, you know, like in, in a way that was super inconvenient for his producers, but for him it was, it was more convenient. <laughs> so we were just sitting there, and those, that came out on the Jesus album, you know, years ago. They took that cassette tape and, like, turned it into a, a, a CD that people could buy. So, um, but yeah, th- those are things and I've always loved um, that I've always loved that he recorded it on that cassette recorder when he had a recording studio next door. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, and that's funny. I mean, we could have taken the time for him to go upstairs and in five minutes record it on a good, you know, console with a good, you know, recording, but it was just what he wanted to do, man. I, I don't know. I think he liked pushing the envelope and working outside the boundaries a little bit, so uh, it, it is what it is, man. Yeah, I thought that was funny. You know, we, we also... The, the like a day or two before he we left, he and I walked, and he shared with me the vision of um, what he wanted to see happen, and uh, with the Na- the Navajo and the Hopi and the Zuni uh, ministries. I remember uh, he wanted to go on a walk, um, and the way that Rich worked a lot is that he he was, you know, publicly he would sing and perform, but he was also uh, he liked quiet time to. Con- to be contemplative and, and get away. He needed space. Um, but he also needed just one-on-one connection. He seemed to really, really thirst for just one-on-one conversation, you know, like not just a whole group, but just one-on-one. And that's where he seemed to be the most open. Um, and I remember really appreciating appreciating the times when he would pull one of us aside and say, hey, man, can we talk or go on a walk? And he would share his heart. Or he would ask me or, uh, you know, the others in the group, how you doing? And um, and so during those one-on-one conversations, it, it, it became uh, really special to hear kind of his honesty about what he was dealing with or going through and or thinking about and dreaming about. Um, so anyway, one of those times was a couple days before we left uh, on tour, uh, we were, he wanted to go on a walk and he, he was shared with me about how he really had such a passion and the desire to um, to, to begin a ministry of, of music, of um, uh, to nurture and encourage the voice of the Navajo and the Hopi and the Zuni um, people in the Southwest where he was living. We were living at the time, and he said, "Eric, I really feel like um, God is is giving me a passion." to help raise up, um, like, uh, Navajo or the, the Native American um, uh, kids, like a choir, and teach them music and to give them their own, you know, help them to have their own voice. And he said, maybe I could bring them on the road with me, or maybe we can, you know, just grow a ministry of nurturing and the faith and the music of these, of these uh, beautiful kids um, in the Southwest. And he was working with Compassion USA at the time, and but he said, man, Eric, I feel like God is, I don't know, I feel this like, I just don't think that I'm the one that's going to be leading that. Uh, he said, I can tell you that I know I'm good at playing music and I'm good at making money because all of my recordings make money. Uh, and he said, so I can do that, but I don't feel like I'm going to be the one leading that. And I just uh, was wondering, you know, who that's going to be. Would you be interested in helping to run or lead a ministry of music and and outreach to the to the kids in the schools and and then outside the schools of the out in the southwest um around window rock area and um so it was interesting joe because he it's like he had a passion and, and was moving that direction but even in that god it was like he had this god was giving him uh, an understanding that he's not going to be the one to, to run that ministry and not you know, less than 48 hours later, he was, the Lord took him home. You know, he was killed in the car wreck, and 
Um, and so I remember really clearly this him passing on that vision to me of what he was hoping and, and longing for and um, how God was going to use his ministry to empower the ministry to the, to the Native American people, and, um, which I thought was awesome. That's what he wanted his money to be about and where he wanted to, to serve and love and where God gave him a passion. So um, I remember that talk very clearly and him really being honest with me about feeling like that's where God wanted him to serve, but that he needed to empower somebody else to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that, after that, after he was, he was killed, and um, as we move forward, what happened was they began the Legacy Foundation, which funded um, the, the Ministry of Hope and Transit, which um, was part of the Ministry of Music on the Reservation. And he was right. I mean, Rich's money that came through his ministry and all that stuff was, was what funded um, a big part of that ministry. And uh, So anyway. Yeah, and David Sprinkle from Hope and Transit will be with us at the event. Yes! Dave Sprinkle will be there, which is awesome. He'll be playing with Mitch. So, yeah, man, there's going to be a cool convergence of people who are connected uh, to Rich from uh, different walks of life. So, yeah, it'll be awesome to have Dave out there as well. You know, it's so interesting about kind of what God was doing in, you know, kind of internally with Rich during that, that time right before he took him home. I know Chuck Harper has told me that about a week before uh, Rich died that he sat with him out on his porch here in Window Rock, his last visit out here to Window Rock, and he, he said, hey, um, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm not going to be able to finish all these things that we, we've been dreaming of together. Like, I don't think I'm, it's going to be me. And, and Chuck, yeah. Chuck was like flabbergasted, just like, what are you talking about, man? And uh, like, like God was doing something in Rich that le- was letting him know it wasn't going to be him, but yet he didn't fully understand what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you're right, dude. God, God, in his mercy and in his wisdom, only allows us to see enough, of, you know, to give us uh, a little glimpse of what the next step is. But then, you know, he puts pieces into our lives in place to help us. And, uh, you know, I, I see that it enriches life and how God was speaking to him before he passed away things that Rich didn't even really fully understand what they meant. And man, how, how much does God do that in all of our lives? We don't fully understand what he means or what he's intending when he gives us thoughts or ideas. Well, the word, but, sa- you know, the word says he, ge- he won't give us more than we can handle. And, and you know, often I think we, we couldn't handle everything. If he just gave it all to us and told us everything, it would be way too much for us to handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree, dude. And yet he's given us he's given us the hope of the final answer. We know that we know that we know that no matter what that we do or don't understand here, that we know someday God will make it all right. We will all be with him in in, in eternity, and that he will he will always walk with us. And that's the hope, man. Not that we understand the journey. Not that we like the journey. Not that the journey makes sense, but that the journey ends 
fully in the glory and the presence of Jesus, where He will make all things right in His time. You know what I mean? Amen and so that's, amen. That's the hope. Well, you're listening yeah. to uh, where we've got Eric Houck as a guest with us uh, on the Western Indian Network. I'm Joe Cook. We're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more with Eric. Stay tuned. 20 years ago, singer-songwriter Rich Mullins, a good friend of this radio station, went home to the Lord. On Saturday, September 16th, we'll be paying tribute to Rich with an evening of music and memories at the Window Rock. The concert will feature friends and bandmates Mitch McVicker and Eric Houck, along with artists who were influenced by Rich, Chad Meekoff of Zuni, New Mexico, and former Cademan's Call band member Andrew Osenga. It will also feature a performance from the Ambassador's Commissioned Choir. Plus, Rich's brother David Mullins will be sharing a special message. This event is free to the public and will begin at 6.30 p.m. It will be preceded by a live question and answer session with many of the guests at 5 p.m. Again, the Rich Mullins 20-year tribute will be held on Saturday, September 16th. The fun begins at 5 p.m., and this is all happening at the Window Rock. Again, this event is free. For more information, call 505-371-5587. That's 505-371-5587. You're listening to the Western Indian Network, 880 AM KHAC. Uh, we're celebrating 50 years on the air this year. And, of course, we're also coming to you on 104.9 FM KWIM and out in Tuba City on 760 AM KTBA. And uh, on the phone with us right now is Eric Houck. We've been talking to him about uh, his time with the late Rich Mullins. And uh, he's going to be one of our guests joining us uh, in just about a week for the uh, big Rich Mullins 20-year tribute concert at the Window Rock. Eric, man, what is this like for you, what, you know, coming back here? What's this mean for you? Oh, man, I, I, uh, I'm so thankful that I get to be there. Lord willing that it works out next week. Uh, but, man, for me to come back to Window Rock is like uh, coming back to a, a place where God transformed me. And there are certain places in my life, and I think we all have these, where significant events happen that shape you and that God uses to shape who you are. And man, Window Rock and that surrounding area of the Navajo Nation and the Zuni and the Hopi Nation, God used that area to transform me and to shape who I am um, with the experiences that I had living there and, and being a part of that community just for the short while that I was. Um, so, man, yeah, coming back, I'm, I, it's a place for me of where I was changed. It's also a place for me where I, I find um, 
a deep connection with with God and with Christ and the beauty of the Southwest, man, the mesas, and man, there's nothing like it, right? No, and uh, absolutely. so it's really good. And a place of healing, there's, I don't know if, you, if whoever's listening lives out there, but for those of us who don't get to live out there on a regular basis, there's something mysterious and healing about the high desert and the, the Southwest that's almost as a longing to it. Um, there's a beauty in the in the quiet um, out there. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe, but for me, there's a mysterious depth that is a part of that area that is, uh, it, it's, man, it, it's like a, it beckons me, and so I'm so excited to be able to come back out and be a part of that um, for a while. I'll tell you what, man, when uh, my wife and I came out here for the very first time in 2013, and you know we're from New Jersey, and uh, you know, <laughs> right? So uh, you know that was pretty much our experience. You know, we you know been a few places here and there, but I realized in 2013 that I had never actually seen land before, like just land, and just yeah. just God's creation as He created it, not you know overdeveloped. And uh, I remember we were riding a train from Albuquerque to Gallup and the Amtrak they've got the glass car you can sit on and we sat there just looking out and uh and that's I mean that's a beautiful stretch uh, to a lot of people that's not the most beautiful stretch of desert out here but to me right. to me I wept the first time we were on that ride because I it just overwhelmed me um it, this yeah. is if there's any place that you need to go to remember that God exists it's. Um, I, I like to tell people come out to the uh, Southwest, spend a little bit of time. Yeah, man, I'm with you. Yeah, I had a I had a week this last spring just uh, to get away and to have some solitude. And man, I needed to just get away from everything and have a some time to just be alone with Jesus and pray and think through what you know my own just just to get away, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I headed west and ended up in the mesas of New Mexico and. It was good, man. That's where uh, it's so good to be out in that, that that lonely open area, man, with the big, beautiful skies and sunsets and stars and everything. It's great. Yeah, I, I you know I, I love the song that um, that Rich and Mitch wrote, the New Mexico song, and uh, the bit about oh, yeah. the, about the stars in that song, and never really fully got what they were singing about until we came out here and saw it for our own, with our own eyes. Yeah, good call. You're right, dude. Yep, I love that song. Well, man, you have assembled a little band uh, for this event. Uh, I think now, are you guys called the Rusty Buckets? <laughs> uh, I think so. <laughs> uh, Tell us. Know, about- it might change. It might change by the time we get there, man. You know, that was <laughs> one of the uh, five minutes before we started our. Our TV, uh, they brought us in to do a TV spot in Wichita. Um, one of the guys who's, who's a, um, a part of a TV station here brought us in. He said, you got to have a band name. So we're like, uh, 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 Rusty, Rusty Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Well, t- tell, um, tell us about this band that you've assembled for the concert. All right. So um, I mentioned it earlier on when we were talking, but in case people didn't hear it, I, I am currently in Wichita, and I'm, the director of youth ministries here at a church called Chapel Hill, and uh, it's crazy that I'm here. You know, one of the twisty parts of my journey of life. But uh, I love it, man. I, I love working with teens, middle school and high school kids, and 
Um, so part of what I'm doing is because we're going out there, I'm opening it up to having some of the youth come along. And so we have a, a number of the, the students in our youth group are going to come with us. And um, so the bass player, is a, he's a eighth grader. So uh, his name's Lennon. So he'll be out there. And his dad's coming. His name's Curtis. He's going to be playing percussion. And, um, and then Maddie is a girl who's coming who just graduated. She's got an amazing voice, and she's playing piano. And, um, and then um, there's two other um, guys who are going to be playing that aren't directly part of Chapel Hill, but they're part of the Rich Mullins community. Um, Carlos Soto is coming, and he's going to be playing dulcimer, hammer dulcimer. And uh, he's an amazing artist and, and um, musician. And... Uh, and he is the one who taught me how to play hammer dulcimer. So there's going to be three of us playing hammer dulcimer, Carlos and me on a couple songs. And then my son is also coming, and he's going to play hammer dulcimer, which is super cool for me as a dad to be able to share that experience with my son. Uh, he's 15, so we'll all be um, wailing away on the hammer dulcimer together, which will be really cool. And then uh, uh, another guy named Kellen Pullman, who is coming, and he interned with me when I was uh, a worship pastor at a church. And his dad, um, John Pullman, was was a part of Rich Mullins's. Is that how you say it? Rich Mullins's? <laughs> <laughs> uh, his board of directors. Uh, John Pullman was, was a part of the board of directors. And so Kellen was like two or three or four years old when Rich passed away. And so um, I got to know Kellen after moving to Wichita, and he and I have become really good friends. So he's going to come along and play guitar. Um, so it's kind of a hodgepodge, but everybody at, at some level is either connected to me through the youth group or connected to me through Rich Mullins. And so we're coming out there. We're, we're bringing a couple vans full of folks. Uh, so we'll be showing up all road-weary and, and ready to hang out in, in Window Rock. Just how Rich would have wanted it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I just want to encourage people to come out on the 16th to see Eric Houck and the Rusty Buckets. Uh, so awesome that your son's doing this with you. <laughs> oh, man. Heck yeah, dude. Oh, my goodness. You know, it, as a dad, to be able to, to share this experience of what, uh, well, just a glimpse of what Rich Mullins meant in my life and how he changed me, I'm so thankful that I get to um, bring my son with me and have him share in some of that too and, and that he's growing in his desire he, i mean he it's on his own he's like I, I think i want to learn dulcimer and he wanted to learn the songs and of course it was hilarious because it took me like months to figure out these songs and he's like so show me the riff and so we sit down and he's like i show him a little bit he's like i got it dad and so like in you know three minutes he's like nailing it you know <laughs> he's got it down and so me and carlos who are both playing dulcimer we're like man look at that this kid's 15 he's got it and we've been, like, struggling to nail it for a while, man. So it's hilarious. But, yeah, he's gifted, and I'm so excited to share that with him. Well, Eric, man, thanks so much for uh, coming on with us. I can't wait to see you next week. Um, I tell you what, I uh, just want to encourage people once again. It's uh, Rich Mullins' 20-year tribute concert. Uh, it's happening on Saturday, September 16th, over at the Window Rock. It's going to be in the parking lot right across the street from the uh, president's office. want to thank the president and vice president of the Navajo Nation for allowing us to use their mm -hmm. parking lot for the event, uh, which is just awesome. Um, uh, the festivities kick off around 5 o'clock. We're going to have kind of a Q&A first, and then the show starts 
uh, shortly after around 6. Uh, come on out. It's a free event. We'd love to see you there. Man, Eric, hey, what, before we go, we're going we're gonna to close out with a rich song. What, what's, uh, what's one of your favorite rich songs we'll play it right now? Oh, my goodness. And that's, that a, that's a loaded question, a right? question. <laughs> you should give me time to think. Um, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. One of the songs that we're going to be singing when we're out there is a song that actually Rich did not write, but we sang it at every concert that I was ever at with him, and it's called Ready for the Storm. And it was written by an artist named Doogie McLean. The reason is that it's one of the songs that, for Rich, um, uh, epitomized the idea that this journey of life that we're on is tough, like a sailor at sea, and the oceans get, get you know, they, we get tossed about. Um, and yet, if we keep eternity in mind, that we know that the Lord will take us by the hand and will never leave us. And so one day, we will walk through this and we'll be okay, no matter what the ocean uh, does to us in the, in the raging storm. And so I love the the power of the song and how it points to the hope in the long term through the journey and through the battle. So if you could play Ready for the Storm, that's one of my favorites I used to love. Of course, there's others too, man, so you put me on the spot, but that's <laughs> one that comes to mind right now. So, Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, a hard-hitting interview. i got to sandbag you at some point. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. Well, you, yeah, there you go. So right. ask me again in five minutes, I might change my answer, but for now, that'd be a great one. <laughs> you got it. Here's Rich Mullins, Ready for the Storm. Thanks, Eric. I bless you, brother. You, t- you too, man. God bless. Tide rolls out, it's an angry sea, but there is no doubt that the lighthouse will keep shining out to warn a lonely sailor. And the lightning strikes and the wind cuts cold through the sailor's bones, through the sailor's soul. So there's nothing left that he can hold except a rolling ocean. Oh, I am ready for the storm. Yes, ready I am ready for the storm. I'm ready for the storm. So there was Eric Hauk. To me, that was really good to listen to. Again, you know, there was the whole Kid Brothers thing going into that. But also, I really loved hearing the, the Madeline story about the Madeline song. That was really touching to me, especially with uh, meeting uh, her younger sister years later. I mean, that's just crazy. It's really powerful, isn't it? That was really powerful. I love that. And honestly, like, Madeline's song, the song, that's, it's it's not one of my, like, it's probably not in the top ten of favorite Rich Mullins songs, but it's, it's still just a really, really great song. I mean, I just, it's such a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song, and, uh, you know, the story behind it makes it an even greater song. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you talk about a song that was just truly written out of a, a just a deep place in his heart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 it's interesting to think that there there's this uh little trinity of songs towards the end of his life that were written specifically for children that's that's yeah, a that's let a, mercy lead and uh yeah an uh, eli's song 
Yeah, yeah. And Madeline, unfortunately, Madeline just tends to get forgotten sometimes because he never recorded it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if there's a way to go find Eric's music, but he said he has it recorded. Do you, do you have that album, or do you know where it's available? Okay, it, put it this way. It is available. Now, I, I'm going to level with you. It, he released it on a, uh, under a band name called Beggar Man hmm. in, in around 2000, hmm. and I have that album, and it's hmm. a beautiful rendition of it. My understanding is that it is available on iTunes, but not under the name Beggar Man, and I don't think it's under the name Eric Houck either. I think there's a. I think that they changed the name of the band at some point or hmm. something. I think if you search on iTunes for Madeline Song or through Amazon hmm. or any of those sites, I do believe you can find the Eric Houck version. You might just have to do a little bit of digging. We can maybe we can provide a link if I can find that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's a beautiful version. It's uh, he did it in very much the arrangement of that Rich and he did it during that final tour. Like hmm. you've heard in the Lufkin video. Hmm. Just beautiful. And one thing that I really picked up on this time, you know, again, listening through it, was how much Eric's voice complements Mullins', Mullins voice. Like his harmonies. They just It's like their voices were just made to go together. I really love it. They really did, yeah. They, I love, I'm so thankful that uh, the uh, church down in Texas had the foresight to uh, record that concert that night. What a, what a gift <laughs> that was. Yeah. Following his passing. For real, for real. Uh, one thing I wanted to say really quickly, and then we're going to, you know, I'm, I want to give people the GoFundMe page once again. But, but Joe, it was really nice hearing you break into your radio guy voice. I really like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I really like that. It's really, really, you know, it's like, oh, there he, there he is. There's the, there's the professional. There, you know, you know on, on air. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Sunday, 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 Joe Cook. Yep. <laughs> It's great. It's good stuff. I, I, I knew I was in the presence of a pro when you did the call letter stuff, you know? Yeah. Okay. It is what it is. Hey, man, you got, you got to do your job. You're doing it well. Uh, okay, here, really quickly again, a, a review. If you go to GoFundMe.com slash Rich Mullins Window Rock Tribute, you will find out how to support uh, the Window Rock Tribute Concert. You can also go to support the Window Rock Tribute Concert on our Between the Songs podcast page. Please consider giving, uh, being a patron of this wonderful event that's going to be going on Saturday, September 16th. And again, you are still invited to join us if it's possible. Again, it's not as if uh, Window Rock is right in the center of, uh, of everything, but if you are able to come, drive, or fly there, we would love for you to join us. And I should say that if you're listening to this podcast and it's after next week and the concert has already happened and you'd still like to help out we would still gladly accept your donation even if you're you're listening to this after the concert's ended if you feel like oh man i, I still would have loved to have helped with that uh, just contact us through the radio station 505-371-5587 again 505-371-5587 or you can always send a check to uh western indian ministries P.O. Box 9090, Window Rock, Arizona, 86515. And uh, just let us know that you want the uh, donation to go toward the Rich Mullins 20-year uh, tribute. It'll help defray some of those costs. Uh, so even if the concert's over and you're hearing my voice, there's still a chance to help out. Yeah, man, you know, I know you can't make any guarantees, but uh, we I know that you would like for some of the material to get out somehow a, a recording um, we have you, you probably have to work on all the copyright stuff but there might be ways that we can get some of the footage to people we'll just have to see as time goes on and and we are working on that so yeah 
Lord willing, uh, people will have a chance to see this. Yeah, and, and there will be lots of content to come out of this that we really hope to be able to just gift people with. Um, different interviews. There's the pre the pre concert uh, live podcast interviews that will be will be uh, you know given people. So uh, you know there's a lot going on, and, and so we, we we really hope that there's a more than just the concert itself that we'll be able to share with people. So yeah, we we will have lots of stuff coming from the Window Rock event itself, but also there's a few more bonus episodes coming your way uh, that we will, in the next two weeks, we'll be getting out there too. Uh, so there's a lot to look forward to even before we get to our next proper episode where we go into Rich Mullins's first uh, studio album from Nashville, the Yellow Album, as, it, as some it's of us might call it. The self-titled Yellow Album. The self-titled Yellow Album. And now that's coming in October, right? Well, let's hope we get that out. Yes, that, that would be the goal. We will get that out in October. So thanks again. Thanks for joining us on Rich Mullins Between the Song podcast. And please feel free to email us. Uh, I don't remember our email address. <laughs> Between the songs info at gmail.com is what it is. That's the one. There you go. I can remember it. So feel free to email us if you have questions. We are taking uh, some questions from fans. If you want us to ask at the, the Q&A before the concert, please let us know if you have any questions, and we'll consider uh, asking them to some of to, to our guests. But uh, other than that, we hope to see you at the Tribute Concert, and thank you again for listening. Mm-hmm.